Hello, friends, and welcome to the Wisdom for Life broadcast. This is Pastor Glenn with another episode that we hope will bless you. Hallelujah. I want to talk about uh, I want to talk about lessons from Laban and Leah today. I want to talk about prickly people. Uh, you know anybody with quills? You know any porcupine people? It's like you get even near them and you just get a little poked, you know? So you want to keep your distance. You know, praise God Jesus didn't keep his distance. He came close and he was pierced. He came near prickly people. He came near porcupine people. And let's face it, what I'm really going to share with you this morning is we've all got quills. Every single one of us. And there's really no way to get close without the poke. We don't want the poke. So we're looking for like pokeless people, you know? We want to be around people with no quills. Those people don't exist. And, 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 and what I want to help you understand this morning is, is that you can run the risk of coming close because Jesus already has. And, and, and isn't it ironic in his coming close to prickly people that he was pierced again and again and again? He was, he was pierced in the crown of thorns. He was pierced in his side. He was pierced in his wrists and in his feet. Think about that. He knew if he came close that would happen. And you know, if, you, if you've been saved any, any amount of time and gone to church long enough, you know that if you get close to people, it's going to hurt. You know that. What, you don't know that? You know that. So, you know, you kind of you manage the proximity. You know, I get just close enough, but I don't want to get too close because if, if I get close enough, then I'm going to get pricked by your quills. But the thing we forget is, is that we've got quills too. And then if I'm getting poked by you, chances are my quills are poking you too. Oh no, that doesn't happen. That don't happen at all, Patha. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. In fact, sometimes God will bring you into close proximity with people to show you a whole lot about you. And what you hate the most about what you see in them is really something that's latent inside of you. What makes you so angry is really the reflection that you see. Oh, no, 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 no. Can we get back to the worship? Let's get back to the altar time. Come on, man. Let's have some fun. We'll have a little fun. But I, I just want to tell you the truth. You can't get close without hurting there's going to be some pain, but, but, but praise God, God, is, God sees the future. You know, they call it prevenient grace. God is ahead in our future, making all things right. So he's not calling you to somebody that's going to be pain-free, but he is calling you to somebody that's going to receive power, and that's going to promote, and it's going to bless. So he's way ahead in the future to whoever he's calling you to, to bless the situation. All right, Genesis 29, 18. Jacob was in love. Jacob was in love with Rachel and said, I'll work for you for seven years in return for your younger daughter, Rachel. Laban said, it's better that I give her to you than some other man. Stay here with me. Hmm. Do, do I have to point out that Laban's his uncle, which makes it, this his cousin? Ooh, that's bad. Are we far enough south to even bring... No. Oh. 
My whole family's from the South. If you just got offended, you're a prickly porcupine people. That's what you are. Stop it. You know, we get, we get offended on a dime. We have a whole culture that is obsessed with being offended. Knock it off. Laugh. He's in love with his cousin. <laughs> it's in the Bible. So Jacob served seven years to, to get Rachel, but they seemed like only a few days to him because of his love for her. Woo. Then Jacob said to Laban, Give me my wife. My time is completed, and I want to make love to her. Okay, that's in the Bible too. I didn't say it. The Bible did. All right? And so we find out that Jacob is a breathing young man. So Laban brought together all the people of the place and gave a feast. Can you say feast? All right? But when the evening came, he took his daughter Leah and brought her to Jacob, and Jacob made love to her. Okay, so um, here's the behind the scenes, okay? They had a feast. She was... She was, uh, she was a bit disguised in her, uh, in her wedding gown. She had her garments so he couldn't see. But I want to take you back to the feast. There was more at the feast than just probably a uh, leg of lamb. They were probably getting, or you said it, not me. Somebody said toasted. Is that what you say in Ohio? In Ohio, it's toasted. All right, so <laughs> he was toasted. It's not an advocation of being toasted because some bad things happen. My, my, I looked at some eyebrows and they went up already. It's just like, he's saying we can get toasted. No. 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 All right. All right. And Laban gave his servant Zilpah to his daughter as an attendant, when morning came, there was Leah. You know, you're always going to bed at night with Rachel, with the big hope in your heart, the big dream in your mind, the wonderful idea. Maybe you got married this way. I'll speak to the ladies here for just a second. Maybe you got married this way. You went to bed at night, and there was this just wonderful idea of what marriage would be, and then you woke up next to that snoring, <laughs> nasty man. And it's been the same for 40 years now. (laughs) So Jacob said to Laban, what is this you've done to me? I've served you for Rachel, didn't I? Why have you deceived me? Oh, Jacob, we feel so sorry for you right now. You got deceived, did you, Mr. Supplanter? Oh, the chickens came home to roost, didn't they? What goes around came around, bud. You wouldn't know anything about deceiving people at all, would you? You wouldn't know anything about putting those that you love last and getting your way. You wouldn't know anything about that. You wouldn't know anything about your brother Esau and tricking him out of his birthright, would you? You wouldn't know anything about tricking your father to believe that you were Esau, the firstborn, and tricking him, his, his father out of the birthright again. You wouldn't know anything about it. In fact, you ran from that entire situation because you knew the problems were there, but you didn't know the problems would go wherever you went. That, that, did you know when you run, problems go with? It, there isn't anywhere you can go to get away from it. God's going to make you face it. Whatever is pricking you, even in this church right now, you're, maybe, you're, maybe you're thinking to yourself, well, I'll find me a better pastor. <laughs> 
I pastored three churches. I thought the same thing. <laughs> Maybe there's a better one. <laughs> no, there's not. Wherever you go, you're bringing yourself and your issues and your problems with you. They're coming with you. If you don't deal with them, they're going to be right there. And they're going to be showing up again. And it's almost like, here it is, Jacob. Look in the mirror. Do you see a lot of Jacob and Laban? Do you see it? Because I'm giving you a mirror of yourself. You deceived your, your, your own father. You deceived your brother Esau. You even came out of the womb holding on to his heel. Looking to, your name means supplanter. Do you see that you're a deceptive person and that you have quills? Do you even see it? Or are you just upset because you got poked by someone else's quills? There was a, um, there was a philosopher named Arthur Yakovich, Russian guy. He said this about people. He said, people and relationships are like porcupines trying to gather, gather together to warm themselves in the cold. I want you to imagine this church as full of porcupine people, and it's really, really cold. And the only way to warm ourselves is to get closer and closer and closer. That sounds like a lot of fun. Can I just go there? I'm just going to ask. How do they make porcupine babies? How do porcupines, how do porcupines kiss? How do porcupines get close at all? And you say, well, I'm sure God designed a way for that to happen. Really? Because they've never made a cartoon about porcupines. There's not a cartoon one about porcupines. You've never seen this before? Okay, what, what about this? We've got cartoons like Babe. We've got cartoons like Dumbo, the elephant. We've got cartoons that have to do with giraffes. And, and uh, what was that? Bing, 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 ricochet rabbit. Remember that guy? Or El Cabong, the horse that would show up with a big guitar and he'd slam it on people's heads and then arrest him? Oh, yeah. See, I'm a walking encyclopedia of useless knowledge. That's my job. Just totally useless. We've got a cartoon about every animal there is except for a porcupine. And if you think about it, we don't hear about porcupines gathering together. What do you call it when geese come together? What's that called? A gaggle? Uh, well, that's a flock of seagulls, brother. Also a band in the 80s, 1982-83. Come on, brother. You seen him? Hallelujah. Let's give an altar call. <laughs> and I rhyme, I rhyme so... Come on, that was a good song, man. The rest of them kind of, eh. That was a good song. What do we call it when elephants all get together? What's that called? A herd? What do they call a group of cows? A herd? Uh, somebody said it's a murder. A murder of cows. Oh, you know more than I do. It's a murder of what? A murder of crows. Why do they call it that? Is that an Alfred Hitchcock movie of some kind? Oh, that's the birds, not crows. What do you call a group of porcupines? A what? <laughs> a, pr a pickle? Oh, a prickle. Okay. Sounds good to me. You don't have any of that for porcupines because porcupines don't get together with other porcupines very often. They don't come close. Kind of like a lot of Christians. We want a service. We want to get around people, but we don't want to get anywhere near people's pain. 
Because we got pain too, and I'm dealing with my own problems, and why would I want to have to hear about yours? And if I got to hear about your problems, I, got, I might get a little bit pricked. I might get poked. I don't want to be, I don't want to feel your quills, but the reality is, is the closer I get, the more you feel my quills too. And this is what's happening here with Jacob. He is feeling the quills from Laban. And the same thing happened. Who is Leah, the firstborn? What happens to Leah? They dress her up. What happened, with, what happened with Jacob when he went with his mother, Rebecca, to Isaac to trick him? They dressed him. Come on now. They covered him in animal's fur. Esau was hairy, kind of like me. He was kind of like a woolly mammoth. And so he came to his dad for the blessing. But this time, Rebecca made sure that her son was the one that was blessed and dressed her up like Esau. Can you see the chickens coming home? And we, we call that maybe, you reap what you sow. But, and we think about that as being a curse, but can I, can I just offer to you that it's not always a curse, that it's really God wanting to deal with the issues in your life by showing you and bringing you around people that have greater issues than you? <laughs> yeah, my issues have tissues, man. Until I get around your issue, and then I'm like, oh, thank God, I'm feeling better. You, right? And then I start to, and then, and then if I'm not careful, I begin to look at my own life and I begin to say, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. God, you're really dealing with something in me. If that angers me, it's probably because it's very familiar. There's probably something about that person that's a whole lot like me. And I looked in the mirror. And that's what Jacob did. He looked in the mirror and here is this moment. He, 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 wanted, he wanted Rachel. In fact, when he met Rachel, in fact, I'll be teaching on this uh, Wednesday night. You need to come back Wednesday night. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be good. But when he meets Rachel for the first time, he shows off like a superman and he moves this big stone out of the way. And he wants her to bring her flock to drink. So he's showing off. It's a big moment. He walks up to her. He doesn't even pray. He doesn't None of this stuff happen, happens the right way. He walks up to her. He said, you're gorgeous. The Bible says that she was beautiful in face or in image and form. That's what it meant. That's what form means in Hebrew. You didn't know? Okay. I don't think some of you were breathing. I don't think you're alive at all. She had both going on. It was so much so that, that, that Jacob came up to her, kissed her, and the Bible says after he kissed her, he wept. That must have been a kiss. He wept for joy. I love my wife, Sarah. I don't think I've... Well, yeah, I did on our wedding day. I did. I did. She's not in here right now. That would have scored some major points. You'll let her know. Uh-huh. Sure you will. You'll tell it right. He, he, he wept for joy when he kissed her. He loved her so much. Then went and worked for her for seven years. Then gets totally bamboozled. And it's almost like Laban is pulling one over on him. But, but, but listen, he says, hey, if you'll just go through this marriage thing, and, and listen, can I get just a, deep, just a deep moment? One deep moment, maybe two, okay? He says, if you'll go through the, the entire marriage week, it was a week, you see they'd have a, a chupa, in Hebrew it would be the, the wedding chamber, and they would have to go into that place and they'd have to stay in there for an entire week. What? <laughs> the guys are all like, hip, hip, hooray, hip, hip. Again, you're not, you're not living. You're not, li- you're not alive. Okay. Whatever. 
Remember, I told you you're stuck with me. So, and the ladies are like, a week? Mm. <laughs> well, I want to shop for shoes and buy things. And well, you have to. It, you have. It's for a week, and then at the at the end of the week, on the eighth day, they come out, and it's a brand new life, and they're 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 considered one flesh, and it's a it's a wonderful thing. And and, and how many of you know that that's probably a picture for us about Christ and His bride, and about how many of you know that when see I believe that. All right, all right, watch, watch, watch. I believe that things are going to get really, really bad and then God's going to take His church. And then we're with Him for seven... How long? Seven days. Seven years. <laughs> seven years. Thank you, though. That was good. That was good. And, and it's almost... And then He comes back, right? With, with this bride? Right? Huh? Yeah? Okay. Well, that's what the Assembly of God teaches. All right? I know there's lots of different teachings. But that's what the AG teaches. And, all, and it's, it's just a picture. It's a wonderful picture of God and his bride. Well, here's what Laban says. He says, hey, if you'll go on the eighth day and you'll be married on the eighth day to, to Rachel, you could just work another seven years for her and we'll, we'll, we'll do the deal. It'll be fine. And, and so he does. And on the eighth day, he's married to her. And so they, they start the week all over again, which is really insane he works for another seven years everybody say 14 14 years i've had kids grow up in 14 years you know that's a long time but meanwhile we start feeling sorry for jacob but the reality is is that god is blessing jacob and laban is now learning from him all of the best of his cattle, all of the best of his herd are now becoming Jacob's. And now Jacob eventually leaves. And when he does, he leaves with all of the best of the flock and he leaves with, with both girls. And he's blessed. Can you say blessed? Does Laban learn? He, 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 he's a bad boy. He's ba he could have. Does Jacob learn? Eventually. Eventually. But there's another person in this process, actually two more, but I just want to concentrate on Leah. Does she learn? Oh, you, you've always felt sorry for Leah, haven't you? Don't you know she willingly dressed up? We don't want to feel sorry for her because she's a lady. I know, she's a lady. She willingly went along with her father's plan to deceive Jacob. She had quills too. She did. And so in going along with that deception, does she go through some pain? Oh, we're going to actually, that's how we're going to land the plane today. Her pain actually tells an entire story. It tells the story of Jesus. It's wonderful in the end, but it's not on the journey. The, the quills that she goes through are pretty hard. You see, she was the first one married, but she wasn't the first lady of the house. Can you imagine being married to someone for a very, very long time, and then they marry your sister, and really they never ever show really much love for you at all? And can you imagine how your quills may have pricked them in the deception of dressing up and trying to look like your sister so that in the morning you'd be married to this man when the reality is, is you deceived him. You deceived a deceiver who was also working for a deceiver who deceived his own father. Get that. Wrap your head around that. Put a little sauce on that spaghetti. 
And this is what God's doing. You're going to learn, Leah. You're going to learn, Jacob. You're going to learn, Laban. And if you don't, it's on you. Everybody's going to learn. Everybody's going to learn. All right, so I need some volunteers. Yeah, everybody's stepping forward. It's kind of it's like, you know, on uh, <laughs> Gober Pile. All right, I need a volunteer, and everybody takes one step back. You know, <laughs> there's just one guy right there. Yeah. All right, I need six dudes and one gal. Six dudes and one gal. Okay, Joseph, thank you, sir. He's shaking his head. That's a surefire. Come on, Joseph. Let's go. Let's go. Thank you, sir. And uh, let's see. We'll take Mark. Yes, I'll leave you alone, Dean. Uh, oh, you're coming. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Yeah, a couple volunteers. That's awesome. Who else can I pick on here this morning? Who would be? Hi, Tim. Thanks, buddy. Tim, Tim is like, oh, I'm going to hurt you. Um, okay. This is like five. Um, we need a sixth guy. Um, I'm going all the way down. You know who I'm going with? James. Come on, James. Hi. Hi, James. Come on down. Did you know your name in Hebrew is Jacob? <laughs> yeah. Take your time. We, we, we got all day. <laughs> oh, thank you, sir. You can start first, okay? You can be first. In, I need you all kind of in the line, though, and I'll... Yeah, that'd be great. Right there. You just stand right there. There you go. Very good. And uh, mm, let's see. Can I switch places? Can you switch places and, and go right here? And then, yeah, you can be right in the middle, Mark. That's awesome. And then I need, a, I need a cute little lady. I need a cute little lady. There aren't any. Okay, great. That's, that's fantastic. <laughs> Jocelyn. Yes, there's none cuter. Give it up for Jocelyn. Yay. <laughs> you just got volunteered. Okay, so you go right down here, sweetheart. Okay, thank you, sis. All right, great, great. So Leah has the audacious, um, she has the audacious uh, uh, election of God to start producing children. And how many of you know in that culture to produce children, not only for your husband, but also for yourself, was a badge of honor? You were blessed if you were producing children. Now, they didn't have the science back then to know that really a, a, a guy had a lot to do with uh, his wife not getting pregnant too. It was always the shame of the woman if there wasn't a child produced, especially if there wasn't a man-child. Man Come on, male-child, right? Right? Hello. Okay, so she starts, Leah starts popping out babies like no tomorrow, man. And she's like, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. But each one of these babies tell a different story because she's not so blessed. Remember, she's got quills. Remember, she's a porcupine person. Remember, she hurt her husband, Jacob. She deceived him. And God wants to bless her, but he also wants to deal with the character flaws in her. And so what happens is, is she's not receiving love from her husband in the way that she should. And biblically, we all want love from people to validate us but biblically that's not how it works you see we're validated by the love of god come on yes. and what he says in his word not from others but she lives for a very long time saying my husband doesn't love me my husband doesn't care about me why doesn't my husband love me and i feel invalidated as a woman until he does this is my pain. Jacob had a pain. Laban had a pain. Esau had a pain. So did Leah. She was looking at this moment and saying, will my husband ever see me? Thank you, James. Will my husband ever see me? Will he ever, will he ever see me, God? 
Are you, are you passing this Kodak moment up? I, okay. And then later, she, well, that didn't work, so she has another child. And, 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 and so she goes, from, she goes from Reuben, sounds like a good sandwich, right? Doesn't it? She goes from Reuben, that's what Reuben means, see me, see me. And then she goes, to, she goes and has another child, and she says, will, her, will my husband ever hear me? He, he'll never hear me. So here you go, Tim, I've got some big ears for you to put on. There you can, if you can get those over your ears, that would be awesome. And this is Simeon. And uh, wow, that worked. <laughs> and this is Simeon. Will my husband ever, will my husband ever hear me? She starts with Reuben and says, my, he doesn't love me. He doesn't see me to love me. He just ignores me. And then, and then moves on. To, <laughs> I can't hear you. I know you can't hear me, but <laughs> moves on to Simeon and says, well, will he ever, will he ever hear me? And can you, can you feel the frustration of the relationship? And you're thinking in this, in this world, by the time we get to Simeon, you don't, you don't see me. You don't hear me. I want a divorce. I'm out. And God says, you don't get to quit people. You don't even get to quit people who treat you bad. Sometimes I'm not talking about certain situations, but stay with me. We, 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 we have throwaway relationships. It's like, it's like drive through relationships. We want to consume from a relationship. And then if it doesn't feel good or if it doesn't, we just throw it away. And God says, it don't work that way. I'm dealing with your character through the person that you're angry with. I'm dealing with your character through the person that you're getting pricked by. Those quills that you're feeling, you've got them too. So she names her next son. Levi. And Levi means this, you won't join me. You won't jo- When I was growing up in the 80s, you had to have Levi jeans. You remember that? Levi's. You remember? You had the button fly jeans. Remember the button fly jeans? Yeah, those were stupid, man. So, so anyway, I got some handcuffs here for you, Joseph. Um, here, just hold them together, okay? Yeah, there you go. My husband, he won't join me. He won't be with me. He won't see me. He doesn't hear me. He won't join me. And then in that, it, 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 something changes. Say, say it with me. Something changes. She's not looking to be validated anymore by the relationship. She's not looking for love. <laughs> All I had to do was smile. <laughs> you're trained well. You're trained well. It's been a tough 10 months, but you're getting there. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> so, so, so she comes to a place to where now she's looking for love in the right place. And she names her next. She starts forgetting about the circumstance that she's in and the pain that she's feeling. And she starts to find her validation and love from God. She doesn't abandon Jacob, but her next son is very interesting. Her next son is Judah. Everybody say Judah. And this is going to be you, Mark. I've got a special. Play that tambourine for us. And at the same time. (laughs) A little more, please. Awesome. That's great. Yeah. Give him a hand. Judah means praise. We're not focused on anybody seeing me anymore or hearing me anymore or joining me anymore. The focus is now on God. 
I'm going to praise God no matter what. I don't, I, yeah, here's how I feel. Nobody sees me. Nobody hears me. Nobody joins in my pain. But that's not what's important anymore. I'm going to praise God. I'm going to focus on God. I might feel the quills in my marriage. I might feel the quills at work. I may feel the quills at church. I might feel the quills in, in, in all the relationships in my community. But nevertheless, I'm going to have a now praise. And not a past praise. I'm going to have a now praise of my God. I'm going to have joy regardless of the relationships that have poked me and have quilled. Come on, somebody give God some praise. The interesting thing is, <laughs> you look great. The, the interesting thing is, is this, is this is the tribe that Jesus comes from. God has got you with the people. Listen, you didn't pick your parents. You think you can pick people? You didn't pick your parents. God picked your parents, even if they were bad parents. Listen carefully. Listen. But listen, you came through your parents, not from your parents. Do you hear me? Both of my parents were Laban's. They were abusive. They were hard. Did God choose that for me? No. But he did pick my parents. Why? To build a character in me for the calling that he would have me to go to. Callings are two. Callings aren't to give you goosebumps in a church service. Callings are to problems. And there are certain families and there are certain people that will be called out of darkness because I've been through it. You can't stand in front of this pastor and say, you don't know what it feels like. Because I do. I've been through it. And I know a God that's brought me through it. But I don't look at my parents and say, well, I'm going to disregard that relationship. I still love them. I love them anyway. I didn't come from them. I came through them. I came from God. God said to the prophet, he said, uh, uh, he said before you were in your mother's womb, I knew you. You come from God, not your parents. So you didn't pick them. Oh, you thought you think you can pick your spouse? Can't pick your spouse. Every five years they change. Every five years, every five to ten years, they change. You didn't pick that person. They're nothing like the person you married. Oh, 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 you think you can pick your kids? L listen, can I tell you something? Control, it is an illusion. It's an illusion. <laughs> you can't control your kids. You can manage them. You can lead them. You can train them. But you have to trust, the come on. You've got to trust the Lord. That ought to set you free this morning. Because they're going to grow up into people that you never intended them to be. And they're going to look you straight in the eye and say, I ain't like you. I'm this. And you're going to go, okay. You know, I'll see you in about 20 or 30 years when you're done with being that. Come on. You don't pick your kids. You don't pick, you don't pick your neighbors. Oh, I'm going to move into this nice neighborhood. And there'll be nobody here with quills. Yeah, and as soon as you move in, everybody cool moves out. You get new people come in, and they're porcupine people. They're porcupine people. You don't pick them. You don't pick your coworkers. Knock it off, man. You don't pick anybody. You didn't pick me. God sent me. Amen. You don't get to pick who you worship with. So you better learn to deal with the quills. Because they're everywhere. You can't, you can't you can pick your nose, but you can't pick people. You can't. 
She didn't pick for this to happen for her life. She had no idea that all this pain would come. She didn't know this pain would eventually uh, produce the lineage or the line of the Messiah. She didn't know that by going through all of this pain that it would eventually produce the line that would produce Jesus, the deliverer that would someday deliver her. She delivered, just like Mary, the one who would soon deliver her. And she did it because she stopped focusing on what people were doing to her, and she started focusing on what God has done for her. And she began to give Him praise. And that's when everything changed. There's two more, there's two, two more dudes. The next one, his name, his name, money, 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 money. The next one, and this is you, Mr. Bob, money bags. Okay? The next one is Issachar. Everybody say Issachar. Hey, by the way, did I tell you you could take these home today? I don't want these back. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you got a little bit over there on Zebulun. Okay, good, Issachar. Great. So Issachar means reward. What happens with a reward? Is a reward free? No, think it through. Think it through. If you get a reward for something, huh? Uh-huh. You earned it, right? Right? So she says, God, you're my praise. God, you're going to produce my Savior. She didn't know it yet, but that's the story. You're going to produce my Savior. And because I'm praising you, God, and because now I'm walking with you in spite of the pain of people, and I'm engaging and being obedient, you're going to reward me. How many of you know that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him? How many of you know that there's a doctrine called the doctrine of rewards? How many of you know when you go to heaven, you realize that all of the things that you did because of you allowed the power of God to throw flow through you by grace, that God is going to reward you for each of those actions of obedience. You didn't know that? There's crowns, there's gold, there's all kinds of things that are going to be given for the obedience that people produce through Christ. Pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah, but it doesn't stop there because just like last week, um, I don't know if I've got the nails to pick that off. Can you pick? Oh, here it comes. Cool. Just like last week, how many of you know that we're not really doing all this for rewards? We're not really, in, we're just into this because of the gift. Last week we talked about what's the real gift? The real gift is Jesus, right? So I don't want to mess up that beautiful shirt, but uh, there you go. And it, now we're to Zebulun. And Zebulun, this guy means gift. It's almost like she's saying, listen, I know my husband don't see me. I know he don't hear me. I know he won't join me, but, but I'm going to praise God anyway. I'm going to give up all of the, the outcomes, and I'm going to praise God anyway. And now God's going to reward me, and God is my gift. Can you say amen? Can you say praise God? That's the story of how to deal with porcupine people. Yeah, they don't see what they're doing to you. They don't hear what you're going through. Yeah, they, they're not willing to join you sometimes. You'll give to them, they won't give back. But you praise God anyway, and you realize that God will reward you if you'll be faithful in that situation, and that God is your gift. And that's the story. Isn't that cool? And you say, well, well what about cute little Jocelyn over here? Yeah, so come on over, Jocelyn. She has one daughter, Dinah. Isn't that cool? <laughs> I'm not going to do anything to you, I promise. <laughs> Last week, something happened. We hope will never happen again. 
All right, so you are not supposed to get your head knocked off, but it happened. So Dinah means something really cool. It tells the story too. Dinah means justice or judgment. And I think about the word of God when it says vengeance is mine. I will repay. They don't see it. They don't hear it. They won't join you. Praise me anyway. I'll reward you. I'll be your gift. And then I'll deal with anybody who won't get this right with me. You leave that up to God. Don't lose your praise. Don't lose your joy over prickly people. Just laugh. You really want to, you really want to get to people? Laugh and smile all the time. It's a secret. They'll either A, think you're completely out of your mind, or B, they'll be intimidated by the joy. I'm, I'm telling you, they'll be, they'll be put back by the amount of joy and the amount of love that's coming from your life. They won't know what to do with it, and they'll leave you alone. <laughs> Just do that when they come around. They're like, hey, you know what? You know what? That jacket doesn't fit you really well. <laughs> Thanks. Let God deal with it. Let God deal with it. Now, go stand back over there, Dinah, just for a minute. Sorry, gift, you're falling apart. Okay, so can I, can I just, can, as we're on the tarmac, both wheels coming down, watch this, though. What if I told you that this was also the gospel, according to Leah? What if I told you that Jesus knew that if he came down and joined us, what if I, what if I told you that he even made sure that his name would be called Emmanuel, God, with us. That if he knew that if he joined us, that we were prickly people, that we were porcupine people, that he that he would be poked, that he would be prodded. What what if I told you that from heaven he seen our pain? What if I told you that from heaven he heard the cry of the lost and those that needed to be saved? What if I told you that he was unwilling to take that uh, sitting down, so he stood up and he came down and joined us? Levi. What if I told you that when he did, he saved us and he became our king and put a praise in our heart and filled us with his spirit? Come on, somebody give God some praise. And what if I told you that he went back up, but his reward, he's coming soon, and he said his, his what? His what? His reward is with him. Do you know the word of God? He's not just coming back. He's coming back with a reward. And what if I told you that at the end of the week, at the end of the week, you're going to spend seven years with him and he'll be your gift. He'll be your great reward. And then what if I told you that what's coming for this earth, what's coming for the devil, come on, Dinah, what's coming for the enemy, What's coming for the people who will not serve God, who will abuse people, hurt people, in pain people, and will not bow before the mercy of God, will not give God their hearts. What if I told you that judgment's coming too? That's the part of the story the world isn't hearing. The world has heard all of this. Every Christmas, every Easter, they get all of this. But does the world know about Dinah? It almost sounds like dinosaur, but that's not you. You're little, okay? Judgment's coming for the whole earth, for the nations, for the governments, for the enemy, for the devil, for Satan. 
for his minions, his angels. Judgment's coming. You won't have to bring it. You won't have to produce it. Your God will. Your God saw you. Your God heard. Your God joined you. Your God was willing to come and save you and put a praise in his spirit in your heart. Your God brings a reward with him again. He is your gift, and he's also going to judge the enemy in the end. Would you stand with me in prayer? Come on, give him praise. Thank you. Awesome. Now, here's how to bring it home. Yeah, that's all yours, Bob. Don't say I ever, never gave you anything. It's, it's fun in a sermon to laugh at some things, maybe look at some things, maybe look at it in an illustrative way and go, oh, okay, that's kind of cool. But you know what? None of, it, none of it really matters unless it produces fruit in your life on Monday. We've all heard Sunday's coming, but so is Monday. Monday's coming too. And you're going to get back around those people. And the question will be, are you going to show up and go, you know what? That's a quill. And not look at your own quills. Are you going to show up and you're going to say, you know what? That's wrong what you're doing. And are you going to respond in a way that causes you to want to bring judgment? You want to bring, listen, instead of love, to bring the law? Listen, if we're not careful, I hear it all the time in church. This is what the Bible says. You'll burn in hell if you don't. If you don't yeah, that's true. But they don't know anything about a God that loves them. Do they, do they know anything about a God that, that, that sees their pain? Do they know anything about a God that hears what they're going through? Have they heard about the God that will join them and lead them out into praise and also reward them for following in obedience? Do they hear about the God from your life that is a gift and that will judge those that have put them through their pain? That's our job tomorrow. That's where we're going to tomorrow. Do do you know Jesus Christ this morning? If so, please raise your right hand. If you don't, if you don't, don't leave this place without spending a little time with me. Just just hang out with me. Let's talk. Let Let me tell you about the God that loves you and sees you, hears you, wants to give you praise and joy wants to reward you, bring gifts, and judge those that have hurt you, the enemy. Let me tell you about him. But if you know Jesus Christ this morning, you've got a job to do to tell the same story this week. Easter wasn't over at Easter. There were 40 days where Jesus... There were 40 days that Jesus hung out and started showing his love to people after he rose. Father, in the name of Jesus this morning, God, we pray that God, through your mercy and your grace and love, that judgment would be held back. That God, that your love would continue to be shown to this world. That you turn this planet around one more time. Give us one more day. Give us one more week. Give us one more month, God, to to, God share your love with our loved ones. To share your love, God, with the lost and the hurting and the broken. Give us a little time, God. Help us to be obedient, God. We thank you, God, for the God-ordained moments you'll produce. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Be a blessing this week.